Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 251 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Psalm 59 today, and our focus is on three spiritual practices for when you are in trouble. So thanks for joining us. I want to point you to our website. It is Bible2021.com. That is B-I-B-L-E-2021.com. You can find our show notes there. In fact, for every episode, we have a full transcript, and you can contact us there with uh, questions and comments and all that kind of good stuff. Back to the Psalms today. As you know, five days a week, we read through the New Testament. And if you've been with us since January 1st, first of all, thank you. And second of all, we will go through the entire New Testament this year. And the other two days, we are in the Old Testament. Earlier this year, we would read selected and sequential passages throughout the Old Testament. And now we are finishing out this year just reading through the Psalms on our Old Testament days. Maybe you've noticed a pattern in the Psalms. So often the psalmist, which has been pretty much David so far, a few others, but is in some sort of dire trouble. And he's calling on God in the middle of that trouble. And today's trouble sounds almost like the plot of a movie or a TV show, because the heading or title of this psalm, which is actually in the uh, ancient Hebrew scripture, is when Saul sent agents to watch the house and kill him. So things are pretty dire here for David. King Saul wants to kill the next and future king, and most of us, I dare say, don't find ourselves in this kind of predicament very often. For me, I think it has been months, maybe even longer, since a government leader sent agents to my house to watch it and kill me. But the fact that we don't find ourselves in the exact same situation as David doesn't mean we can't learn from the scripture today how to spiritually handle things when we are faced with a crisis. And what I mean by that is... What David does here in the middle of this situation would also be a very useful, fruitful, and powerful way for us to respond to a crisis. Maybe it's a health crisis, maybe a job crisis, a grief crisis, a relationship crisis, a parenting crisis, I don't know. Whatever crisis you're facing, the steps that David takes here would be useful for you and I to do. In other words, we don't have to have agents from King Saul trying to kill us to practice what David practiced in Psalm 59. So let's go ahead and read the psalm, see what he did, and then we're going to discover three ways to spiritually respond to crisis. Psalm chapter 59, verse 1, For the choir director, do not destroy a victim of David, when Saul sent agents to watch the house and kill him. Rescue me from my enemies, my God. Protect me from those who rise against me. Rescue me from evildoers and save me from men of bloodshed. Because look, Lord, they set an ambush for me. Powerful men attack me, but not because of any sin or rebellion of mine. For no fault of mine, they run and take up a position, awake to help me, and take notice. Lord, God of armies, You are the God of Israel. Rise up to punish all the nations. Do not show favor to any wicked traitors. Selah. They return at evening, snarling like dogs and prowling around the city. Look, they spew from their mouth sharp words from their lips. For who, they say, will hear? But you laugh at them, Lord. You ridicule all the nations. I will keep watch for you, my strength, because God is my stronghold. My faithful God will come to meet me. God will let me look down on my adversaries. Do not kill them, otherwise my people will forget. By your power, make them homeless wanderers and bring them down, Lord, our shield. For the sin of their mouths and the words of their lips... 
Let them be caught in their pride. They utter curses and lies. Consume them in fury. Consume them until they are gone. Then people will know throughout the earth that God rules over Jacob. Selah. And they return at evening, snarling like dogs and prowling around the city. They scavenge for food. They growl if they are not satisfied. But I will sing of your strength and will joyfully proclaim your faithful love in the morning. For you have been a stronghold for me, a refuge in my day of trouble. To you, my strength, I sing praises because God is my stronghold, my faithful God. So what does David do in the face of death here? Well, I see three things. Actually, I see four things. We're going to talk about three in depth, and we're going to punt one down the road and talk about it on a later episode. But number one, David asks the Lord for protection and tells God what's going on. Of course, God already knows what's going on, but it's okay to talk like that in prayer to God because you find it in the Bible over and over again. So, for instance, in Psalm 59, 1-3, David says, Rescue me from my enemies, my God. Protect me from those who rise up against me. Rescue me from evildoers and save me from men of bloodshed. Because look, Lord, they set an ambush for me. Powerful men attack me. Well, notice how David gets straight to the point here. Now, I do believe it is good and right and biblical to, for instance, enter into the presence of God with thanksgiving. Before you say your requests, thank God for what he's done for you. When I was taught how to pray, it was in a neighborhood Bible study. I was a seven or eight-year-old kid. Uh, Miss Brenda Green taught me how to pray, and I was taught at my church, too, and I was taught at Briarwood Presbyterian Church to pray with the ACTS method. That's the ACTS method. Begin with adoration first, or praise, and then move to confession. Confess to God our sins and ask for forgiveness. After that, step three is T, thanksgiving. Be thankful to God for what he has done for us and how he has provided. And finally, step number four, the S, is supplication, where we can ask God requests. Now, it was a powerful way to teach somebody to pray, and honestly, even 40 years later, I usually default to praying like that, even today. But it should be pointed out that it is not a sin, nor is it less spiritual, to just immediately blurt out your need to God with the first words out of your mouth. Multiple psalms begin this way. It's in Scripture. I mean, you can go to the Lord just immediately and desperately getting right to the request at the very first words out of your mouth. Sometimes when times are desperate and agents from the king are about to kill us, it's good and right and proper and okay to just dive in and immediately ask for God's help. Response number two is that David watched and waited on the Lord, and he reminded himself of God's faithfulness. Now, we see this response in verses 9 and 10, where David says, I will keep watch for you, my strength, because God is my stronghold. My faithful God will come meet me. God will let me look down on my adversaries. Well, what did David do? He'd made his request known to God immediately. He had prayed what he needed to pray, and then he waited for God's rescue. And look, this was not a long shot kind of prayer in David's mind. The spiritual equivalent of his half-court shot with two seconds left before the buzzer that had a less than 10% chance to go in. David prayed with faith and then waited to see God's deliverance. How did he know God would answer? Well, look at verse 10. David knew that God was faithful, and thus David trusted that God would come meet him. Number three, 
The third thing that David did in response to this crisis might be the hardest, or at least the one that our flesh or human nature might struggle against the most. He worshipped God. Even as agents of the enemy lurked about his house to kill him, David praised and sang and worshipped the God that could save him. We see this in verses 16 and 17 when David says, I will sing of your strength and will joyfully proclaim your faithful love in the morning. For you have been a stronghold for me, a refuge in my day of trouble. To you, my strength, I sing praises because God is my stronghold, my faithful God. Well, in the face of danger and death, David worshiped God, singing to him with joy and proclaiming his goodness, reminding himself in the process again that God was faithful. There's no better way to respond to a terrible trial than to worship God because there's quite literally no better way or activity than humans can do, period, than to worship God. I can think of nothing that better fulfills what Jesus was said was the first and greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, than to worship. One caveat, worship is not some sort of bribe that fools God into helping you when you are in distress. Worship is simply the highest act we can engage in and the most uplifting and spiritually healthy thing we can do in times of trouble. Well, one other response David had. If you're an astute listener, you might have picked up on that other thing that David did in the face of this crisis. He prayed that those trying to kill him would become homeless wanderers and that God would ultimately consume them with fury until they are gone. Hmm. Now, given that Jesus, after David, and of greater authority than David, told us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us, should a Christian still pray such prayers for the destruction of their enemies. Theologians call these imprecatory prayers. Now, that's a fantastic question that will take more than 10 minutes to cover. So I will plan on covering that soon on an upcoming episode. My sense is that Jesus steers us in a different direction to a degree, but we will grapple with that question in a deeper and hopefully fuller way at some point soon, Lord willing. For now, let's close with our Bible memory passage for September, which is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Say it with me if you're listening. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.